If I asked you to describe what the blessed life would look like, I feel like we'd all kind of come with the same similar conclusions. When you look at somebody and say, man, that person's really blessed. What is it that makes you have that thought or think that about somebody, right? Usually it's when you look at them and see everything kind of seems to be going well, right? Financially and materially, they kind of seem to be pretty set, right? There's just a joy. There's a happiness about them. They might, they seem, kind of seem like they have everything together. The life is in control. Everything kind of seems to be moving in the right direction. Maybe they just have, you see, there's, there's a lot of success going on in their life. They're just content. There's not a whole lot of need or want for anything. Maybe just a life that has just like a lot of fun. There's, there's a, it looks pleasurable. There's, there's good things that are happening. They seem like they're accepted. They kind of people think well of them. All those things kind of all come together as like, oh yeah, man, if, if we have all those things, then our life is really blessed. That person has a really blessed life is what we're inclined to think. And I think although maybe even like on a, on a, a, a superficial level, we might know that true blessedness kind of moves beyond that. I think at least for me, that, that's often how I judge how good or not good my life is going. Is usually off of one of those criteria, right? Do, am I, do I find myself just emotionally happy? Do I feel like I'm in control? Are things going well? Are people liking me and accepting me? Good things are happening. Usually when I have those things, I think God is with me. I'm blessed. And when I don't have those things, I think, man, I really need to get my act together. Things are going wrong. I think we, we all, a lot of people, the common person would often kind of judge ourselves by that line of thinking, which is not a new way to think. I think even in Jesus' time, like the Jewish people would have thought, if I have these good things happening, that's a sign that God is blessing me. Because I'm doing good, God blesses, bestows these blessings upon the people. It's almost like a reward. If I follow the law, I'm going to have the blessings from God. If I don't, he's going to punish me. To try to get me back on the right direction. It's how most of the people in Jesus' time would have been thinking. And so I think it's, it's no coincidence that Jesus starts his Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel today with these Beatitudes. The Sermon on the Mount was Jesus' first kind of big address to the people. He'd kind of been going around building his disciples. And this was the first time he really addressed them with a coherent message. And he starts that message with these Beatitudes. Blessed, blessed, blessed. You can also translate it as happy or lucky or fortunate, right? He's speaking about what it truly means to be blessed. What it truly means to be happy. And the Jews would have thought, if I want to be blessed, follow the law. Follow all the precepts that God had given me. But I think Jesus is intentionally taking that line of thinking and almost turning it right on its head. Because he wants to change the way the people were thinking at the time. Because notice what he doesn't say. He never, at one, none of these blesseds involve anything with the law. He doesn't say, blessed are those who fast according to the law. Blessed are those who go to the temple and offer sacrifice. Blessed are those who attend synagogue regularly. Blessed are those who follow all the devout practices. Blessed are all those who follow all the prayers that you're supposed to say and when to say them. Right? None of those things are on Jesus' mind as he's saying what it truly means to be blessed. Now, it doesn't mean that those things aren't good and important, because obviously they are. Jesus lived that life. But what he's saying is that blessedness is not just going to come as a reward for doing all of these good things. Happiness is not based upon any act that I do. It's not upon anything that I can earn for myself. Those acts in and of themselves don't earn me happiness. None of the Beatitudes, Jesus, none of them involve actions. 
He's trying to encourage the people and encourage us to move a little bit deeper as to what it truly means to be blessed. So what does Jesus offer as the road to happiness, as the road to blessedness? It's almost very ironic. Instead of money and wealth, he says poverty. Instead of joy and happiness, he says mourning. Instead of power and control, he says meekness. Instead of contentment and satisfaction, he says hunger and thirst. Instead of pleasure and fun, he says purity and the clean of heart. Instead of being liked and accepted, he says persecution and insults. It's almost like he's intentionally going to the exact opposite of what we would think the blessed life would look like. He's saying the truly blessed person is poor, is mourning, is meek, is hungering and thirsting, is being persecuted. I don't often want that kind of life because I don't see that life as blessed. If I'm doing any one of those things, I usually think, woe is me, everything is falling apart. But Jesus is saying that's the really blessed person. And what's he getting at? Why is he almost like listing the most miserable life that we could possibly have and calling that blessed? I think what Jesus is getting at is that true happiness, that's what we're all, that's all well, no matter what, where we find ourselves, true happiness is what we're seeking. Every action that we do is so that we can be happy in some way, shape, or form. And Jesus is lifting up for us the reality that we cannot make ourselves happy. We cannot make ourselves blessed. It's not something that we can earn. It's not the reward for doing good things. It's none of those things. True happiness and true blessedness is only something that I can receive. Which means I have to be open to receiving it from somebody else. And it's only when I find myself in want and in lack and in need that my heart is ready to actually cry out to God for help. The person who, is, who finds themselves in poverty, in whatever way that poverty looks like, those are the ones who are ready to receive everything, the kingdom of heaven, from God. Those who find themselves in mourning are the ones who are ready to receive true joy from the Lord. Because I can't make it myself. I have to receive it from another. And when I can see God present when I am in need, then that gives me true hope. And that gives me true happiness. Because I know that God is always with me no matter what. And then I begin to slowly but surely stop judging my life and how good or bad it is based upon how all the things are going around me. But it becomes solely based upon how God is providing for me in my need. St. Augustine calls the Beatitudes the perfect charter of the Christian life. If you want to be a perfect Christian, follow the Beatitudes. I think so often we judge ourselves based upon the Ten Commandments. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Follow these rules, then you'll be good. The goal of the Christian life is not to live the Ten Commandments. The goal of the Christian is not to not sin. The goal of the Christian is to live the Beatitudes. To be men and women who recognize their need for God so that God can provide for those needs overwhelmingly. I invite you, I'd, I'd imagine every single one of us in this church struggles particularly with one or another of those Beatitudes. Maybe I struggle a lot when I don't feel like my life is in control. 
Maybe I struggle a lot when I, do, when I don't feel like I'm, I'm liked or accepted by somebody who maybe I love very dearly. Maybe I find myself in a season of mourning right now. There's a loss, there's a sadness that I just can't seem to overcome. I'd invite you to sit with whatever beatitude strikes you and, and, and pray for the reality to see that God wants to provide for that need. To bring that mourning, to bring that poverty, to bring that hungering and thirsting to God. To the one source of happiness so that he can provide it for us. To say, Jesus, be with me in this particular need. Because that's his desire. To be with us in those particular needs. To like St. Paul says, take what is weak and make it truly strong. Not because we made ourselves strong, but because we received strength from God. May God give each one of us today the grace to see wherever our particular needs are, to see the God who wants to overwhelmingly provide for that need, to truly bless us this day and every day. Amen.